Hello, welcome to the JV Show. This is Jorge. And this is Viv. And this week we got you guys a filler episode. So I think... Uh-huh. I don't know. Viv's not gone one of these weeks and uh, this is one of our filler episodes. So we're going to be talking about... Okay, pretty much this is how we came up with this topic. <laughs> uh, I just started writing down a bunch of words and I pretty much just played word association with myself. And then one of the words was adaptation. So we're going to talk about uh, adaptation. I thought adaptation... It kind of sparked my curiosity when he mentioned the word and I had a whole bunch of questions that popped up in my head. So it seemed like a pretty interesting topic to talk about. Yeah. And then we just came up with a bunch of questions. So this is some of the stuff we want to talk about. Um, And then very interestingly, at first, when I read this first question, it's how important is it to be able to adapt to your environment? Uh, I thought it was one of those like dumb questions like, hey, you know, what is oxygen good for you? Or like, you know, like one of those like very obvious answer questions uh-huh. but then i thought again i was like actually it's not that obvious yeah it's not um the reason is i think there's a there's a there's okay there's a very specific reason why i think evolution takes so long is because if you adapt too much too quickly it could go wrong really quickly too yes uh, so example, like if we adapted for ice age environment and then all of a sudden it's warm uh, will die like physiologically yes. if we adapt too much to one environment and then all of a sudden the environment becomes unfavorable to that um then it won't be good but then if we adapt too much again the other way then if it becomes unfavorable again it may not be good it, it's almost like running with averages is better than the extremes yeah you have to find a happy medium for your environment at least yeah and and, and i was just thinking about physiologically but I'll, like now that i think about it it's like it's also like a mental thing too like like socially speaking if you ask the question how important is it to be able to adapt to your environment if you always adapt to your social environment are you just like a yes man i was just gonna say that like in the social setting there's settings where i feel like it's very important to be able to adapt in your environment yeah and then there's settings where i feel like you shouldn't at all so like if something goes against what your true beliefs are in some sort of environment like if you're doing a protest and yeah that's when you if you're of course believing in the quote-unquote right thing then you shouldn't adapt to your environment you should be resilient and rise against your environment right whereas if you're in an interview and suddenly the interviewer switches up a question then you should be able to adapt to your environment relatively quickly yeah yeah mm-hmm. and even even on a like a normal social sense like yeah it's it's not like adapting to your environment so i think typically humans and i could be wrong if there's like biologists out there but i think typically humans adapt because so we can like blend in and we're like less in danger and especially on the social side right you want to be part of the pack and not like a outlier of the pack i kind of disagree sometimes well no i think like naturally like like primally i think that's what we do but i don't think it's uh like mentally we should like I think pri- pri- yes. primarily you want to be pretty much it's easier to live in a community it's, it's yes, easier to survive yes. in a community so you want to adapt and be part of the community but I think in social settings especially nowadays it's not necessary like you're, I'm not going to get ousted from this community and die right mm-hmm. like in, in my current current situation so I think nowadays like that's actually maybe detrimental because I don't know it's just it's just kind of shitty being a yes man and it's like there's more respect if you actually be able to uh, conflict with your environment properly, especially within social settings. I feel like in American culture, I just thought it was in American mm, culture. Yes. It's 
okay to step outside the norm and not adapt to your environment and not be the same as the people around you. Whereas in Asian culture, not so much. If you rise against what people typically believe is okay and the right thing to do and the proper way to do things, then you can easily be shunned from your your environment and your community. Like I feel like the way they do it there, it they make it almost like a life and death. Yeah. Where it's like you don't fit in the community and then like more stuff or more happiness or quality of life will be taken away from you because yeah. of that. If you're and too radical, you will not be accepted in the Asian community. I mean, that sucks because... Um, like even thinking about some countries are like like so socially uh like in the olden days like like i'm i'm just imagining if you're like a gay person or something in Japan like how shittier your life might might oh, be yeah for right? sure uh, and i think Japan's a bit more tame but like imagine Korea i feel like Korea they're a bit more outspoken and willing to like I guess like bully. I don't, I don't know. Kind oh of yeah, explain, there's right? a huge bullying culture in Korea. Yeah. So like, imagine you're like that, and that's kind of tough, right? Like, what the fuck do you adapt to that mm. for, right? Like, that's that's a totally different thing. But at the same time, like, if you're gay and you're in the Philippines or Thailand, yeah, that'd be like you're celebrated. Almost. That's like yeah, that'd be completely okay. You're completely fine. And like, they're not even that far apart, like in terms of geographical distance. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, that's actually very interesting. I actually never thought about it like in that perspective too. Um, more celebrated and welcomed if you're radical in an American environment than if you're in an Asian one I feel yes but it just depends on what is considered radical but it's weird too because um, so like you're celebrated with your, if, you're ra- if you're radical but then now I see people like faking to get into that group too yeah. Right. So, like, some people faking being or wanting to be um, gay or trifesta or whatever, just because that group is like growing in popularity. Right. Yes. And I'm like, man, that's like, that's them adapting to their environment because, like, their environment forces them to want, or they force themselves to want to be popular within that that environment, yeah. and then they're adapting to that. And that's like a you don't want to adapt because of those reasons. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's very important. That, that's actually very uh, interesting. I, I mean, like when I when I saw you write the question, how important is it to be able to adapt to your environment? I thought it'd be like one of those science questions where it's like, oh, obviously, <laughs> like fucking important. Like that's like a no brainer. But then now I think about, I it, I was like, about like all the different instances when I asked this question. Because... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when you ask it from a different perspective and lens, it's like, oh wait, maybe maybe we shouldn't be adapting to certain environmental conditions, right? I guess it also depends on what you consider is important. Yeah. For adapting to these things. Like for your example with somebody who may believe that they're a part of the alphabet gang. Yeah. And they try to adapt to their environment. Maybe they're if I know I take this personally, okay? I'm I'm just fucking saying. If they weren't sure about their sexuality and they decided to adapt and adopt this new identity of being a part of your alphabet gang, the rainbow gang, whatever you have it. Perhaps it's not as important to them to spend more time knowing yourself a little bit better. Or maybe it's very important to them to be able to express their sexuality in a way. The reason why I said not know themselves as well because is because I know a few people who have thought that they were part of the alphabet gang at one point and then later they just changed their mind because it was literally a phase like Mm. (laughs) okay you know what i'm just imagining is the alphabet gang 
the modern day native. You know how there's like jokes where it's like, oh, I'm like one sixteenth native or something. Like that? <laughs> I wonder if people are like, Can oh, I'm like like five like percent gay, so I'm part of the club type of thing. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm, I'm imagining. An ally, okay. Uh, that's kind of what I'm imagining when I when I hear that. It's like the the modern day excuse, right? Yeah. Like back then we'd be like, oh, you know, if you're uh, actually still now, but it's like, oh yeah, you know, if you're like any native, you're like guaranteed to get the job because you you check off the the what's called the diversity the device diversity hire yeah yeah i wonder if nowadays if if you don't recognize as male that or female then we need someone a part of the alphabet gang yeah (laughs) oh my god instantly hire you don't know what gender you are love that i guess another situation for this is like if you are in japan or someplace that doesn't accept people who are in the alphabet gang then how important is it for you to stay true to yourself versus be a part of a community that only accepts what you are not essentially i, I think japan's even a light version of it could you imagine you're in the middle east oh right like they'll, ju- they'll just kill you like yeah you'll just get beheaded or some shit yeah. right like that right like it's literally life or death to not uh express yourself so you yeah. must adapt for survival right exactly um whereas How important is it for you or are you willing to leave your country yeah if you can perhaps that also means leaving your family and everything yeah and like like it's different too because i feel like us growing up as north americans like i mean it sounds kind of wrong but i feel like we value family in a such different way as like asians and middle eastern stuff like i don't think it sounds wrong i think it's actually fact yeah like they like like their identity is their family almost like they're they're, they're, they focus on community and family and we're more individualistic yeah so so then literally i feel like if they were to be exiled out of that family or community they might kill themselves exactly whereas here it's like very less likely (laughs) fuck you yeah i haven't spoken to my mom in 25 years yeah like in the modern western day world i feel like we don't value that as much but it's a different type of it's it's not that we don't love our family it's just different right like we're, we're willing to be different from them yeah, actually, that's that's a very. It's a. At first, I thought it was such a black and white question, but there's so much gray to it. To um, mm. the importance of being able to adapt to your environment. Um. So, like, I guess we also thought of uh, what skills are necessary to be able to adapt. I think we kind of talked about this before the podcast, but I think like the biggest thing is one is the desire to adapt, mm-hmm. and then two is I think I think it's ego. So. That person being gay in the Middle East, how much ego do they have? If it's huge, they're dead, kind of thing like that, right? Yeah. But if it's not, then they have to put that away, put that aside, not care about their, I guess, happiness, which sucks, but to to survive, to literally like physically like live, right? Mm. Um, but I think if you talk about something more modern, like being able to adapt to, so okay, for example, if you're fat and you want to get healthy, right? Uh, first you need the desire to become healthy and second you need the ego to be put away to know that what i'm doing right now is wrong yeah to, right? able to look at yourself in the mirror and say yeah. these habits are not sustaining my life the way that i want it to yeah yeah and then like pretty much to make a conscious effort to go against your current lifestyle mm-hmm. right so i think i think those are the two necessary skills i don't know if you have like another one I think along those lines another one or maybe i'm rephrasing what you're saying would be being able to tell yourself the hard truths mm. about things that you're kind of lying yourself lying yeah. to yourself about just because just so it makes daily life easier and i think another one would be discipline 
yes. to be able to adapt. Whatever you choose has to be against either your inner workings or your external workings. Yeah, and I actually can think of like two very like specific examples for that too. So for example, like in volleyball, you're always used to playing one way, but the only way to adapt to beat this team, you have to play a way that you're not used to. Yeah. So one, you have the desire. Two, you have the ego to understand that, or you have the check of your ego uh, to understand that the way I'm playing is not working. And then three, for the last one, you have to be disciplined to do something counteractive to what you normally do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's very true. And like, I feel like I can think of so many examples of that. Like, it's like the obvious ones, like if you want to lose weight, you know, discipline, ego, desire kind of thing. I mean, not like having more ego, but like, the, the you know, yeah, I like, agree. like being having your ego in check and like not not being too like not thinking you're right and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes I get trapped in that where I'm like, until someone like tells me something, I don't actually understand. Uh, so like, what do you mean so like, un- until someone tells me that I'm doing something wrong and they show me factually, I'll always think I'm doing this thing right. And a bit of me is that ego I have to put aside to like be able to change. Oh, because right? like adapt is very similar to yes. changing, right? Yes. And uh, I think for most people, if you can tell them factually that this thing, like doing A, is better than doing B, mm-hmm. if you can tell them factually, and they're willing to put away their ego and stuff, they're willing to change f- to adapt to that new way. Yeah, right. but I feel like sometimes you're right. It cre- it not only needs like a self introspective approach. You need someone from the outside to tell you sometimes. I agree. Right. And with that outside, I think something that comes along with that is being able to be more perceptive of your environment. So, like in volleyball, you have to be able to read those skills. Like your teammates aren't always going to tell you that you need to stand here, you need to stand there. This person keeps playing this way, so you need to adapt and change this way, or perhaps in a social setting maybe you're at a networking event a necessary skill would be to be able to read the room and realize how you're going how you're going to approach people how most people are approaching people what's the situation here and how do you get make the most of your networking event i mean okay i think that's one of the things i probably struggle with i feel like when i'm at a networking event i like talk to some people and i feel like it's easy for me to start the conversation mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to like keep it along if there's nothing mutual we can really talk about i feel like i'm fucking great at now oh, really? i feel like i'm so oh, often fuck. i feel like I'm, I'm i like ace on this i don't know but like like do you like hone in on specific people or you just talk to everyone and then you just figure out well there's obviously people that kind of catch your eye people that you feel like oh just by i feel like they're you have to judge people physically a little bit. Mm. I look for people that seem like they could benefit me in some way. So for the last few networking events, I tried to find people who look like they are either in a business in business attire or mm. more formal attire, or they seem a little bit more fit. Because my two goals are either to get somebody get a connection that allow me to advance my career in tech and AI or somebody that might allow me to expand my curiosity in my plan B for physiotherapy. Mm. And then when I get there, I introduce myself. Sometimes people have name tags and they'll say what their occupation is. Right. If you can do a brief scan of the room or the people around you, some name tags will have a more obvious font where you could read what their occupation is and some won't. Um, if I can see their occupation and they say bookkeeper yeah i'm not gonna 
I don't really care to talk to you. Yeah. Or if I see something that says, oh, they're in an AI space or, oh, they're an occupational therapist. And I'll go up to them and I'll say, hey, my name is Vivian. I haven't I haven't seen you here before. Or how are you doing today? Or do you like the coffee? Or can I just pop into this conversation right here if they're talking to a few other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like that. It's very easy. And then I ask them, well, tell me about yourself. Well, this is what I do. I'm kind of interested in this. And I saw that. I saw you from across the room and this kind of interested in me. Yeah. Or I just want to know about you or things like that. Fuck, I think it's so I have, freaking easy. I have to learn this. And if I happen to meet someone and they happen to tell, to tell me, oh, I'm an accountant. I don't give a shit about accountants. And I'll say, and I'll ask them about themselves i'll talk about myself and then i'll say well i'm gonna go talk to a few more people good luck with your good luck with your connections today i hope you find something that helps you out and i'll just leave damn you it feels like you have it down to the science i think so you have it down to science. i feel like i um i don't know like it's uh, a part of my personality makes it tough where it's like i don't really care to talk to anyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then part of it it's like oh i should try to like meet some new people and stuff like that it's just, I don't know, like, it's definitely a me problem where, like, I just have to learn to open up and, like, meet new people and stuff. I think uh, in the last few years, something that's really helped me in social settings of any sort, networking events, hanging out with friends, meeting new people, going anywhere where there's any sort of foreign foreign object, like a person, environment, type of event then I just see everyone as, oh, you're a human. You're probably as new as me here. Mm. Or you've been here for the first time at one point. So I'm just literally meeting a human to human. The thought of it's just another human really makes it so easy for me. I I think I get trapped in my own ego where it's like I'm meeting someone and I want to be like, okay, I don't want this to be a transactional thing. Like Mm. Like if I meet someone new or like if I make a new friend, I actually want to care about you and I want to actually like you. And as soon as I find something that I don't, I'm, like, I'm fucking on. I'm done. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes my fucks. Yeah, it's like, oh, he, oh, he smells so weird. I'm gone. <laughs> or something, something dumb like that. But I feel like I have to just have to be like more open to. Uh, I, I, I mean, for me, I actually find it hard to make friends because, um, I feel like my line of friendship is like very far from acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Like for me to for you to transition from acquaintances to friendship, I feel like it has to pass a lot of steps. Yeah, uh, and I feel like sometimes I don't give people enough chances to like go through that steps. Yeah, I can definitely because I was like, that. oh, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. I don't, I don't, I don't need another drove in my life. There's not thing. a lot of points of reconnecting for you. Yeah, too. yeah, but I think I definitely have to uh, like force myself to do that a bit more. It's just kind of tough, like especially at work sometimes. Like you know how like coworkers like to mingle and shit. Yeah, I, I like to sit at my desk and uh, me too. Honestly, when it comes thing. to school, work, things like that, I do my shit yeah. and I'm done. I'm not here to socialize. Yeah, but, but you know. okay. So I don't know if it's because I don't give as much fucks, but I do think that if I cared more about my work, I would relate more with the people around me. I agree. Because at my last job, at my last job when I was doing construction, like we were as a team had to get this done like this thing had to get done together so i felt like i relate so much to them it's like oh like we felt like we went through something together and we relate really easily so i th- that could be part of it but i definitely think um me adapting to like social settings i have to work on that for sure like i just have to work on like giving people more chances to like get to know me and like like muster something up in me to like want to know other people I think that part is also like how important is it for you to adapt to your environment you yeah. personally as Jorge like are you happy with the amount of people in your life the people in your the amount of people and the 
value that the people who are currently in your life bring or are you always open to having a new friendship something something that might turn your whole world not upside down but something might that might be really refreshing for you yeah i i actually thought about that and and what came to my mind right away was the saying that we always say here or i've always said is like the worst thing that's happened to you is the worst thing that's happened to you right yeah but then the reverse is true the best thing that's happened to you is the best thing that's happened to you so that means like if i don't give these people chances then uh i don't know if there's a better best yeah, you might be but because be, sure. yeah because the best thing that's happened to me is the best thing that's happened to me so i don't know the feeling of the other best thing that that person feels because i've never felt that either right exactly. it's, it's almost like that saying goes both ways whereas like the worst thing that happened to you is the worst thing that happened to you it's also the same the other way the best thing that's happened to you is the best thing that's happened to you mm-hmm. so if you're too close-minded you're not willing to pursue something better because you think that's the best mm-hmm. right um and and that that goes with all aspects of life right like the best physical shape you've been in is the best physical shape you've been in. You've never been in a better physical shape. So you don't, you, you're not a hundred percent sure if there is a better one, right? Yeah. Like, is there like just a genetic human limitation with whatever you're trying to do? Right. Yeah. Um, and then that could also go into your social settings, right? Like, Oh, these are my friends and this is the best relationship I have. But I feel like sometimes I cut myself short where like, maybe I can make an even better relationship with this next person beyond yeah. all the friendships I've ever had. Exactly. Right? And then uh, with that, this isn't necessarily ad- adapting, but at what point you have to ask yourself, is this good enough? Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I am not settling, but I am truly content and happy with this level. Yeah, because it also goes in a bad way, because if you're always too open and searching, it's it's almost, uh, I forgot, I think you, you lent me that book where it's like, looking for the best thing and then like you spend 30% or something or 20% yeah. or 33% of the time and usually at that point that's the best ideal you know yeah you've already found your ideal yeah you get the best situation that you could yeah. possibly get yeah so I mean it's it's interesting to, to think about that way too and then the other the reverse of thinking about that is that uh, me meeting this person and becoming their friend could be the my next best thing in my life Mm. or working on my current friendship could be even better than that best thing, right? Exactly. So, it, uh, fuck, actually, I'm just in a fucking labyrinth of shit now. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, I agree. I think, um, I think, I think that's cool. I think it's something, uh, like, this is nice. Like, I, I always like it when we're in a podcast and all of a sudden I come into, like, a light bulb situation where it's like, oh, all right, I thought I just thought of something. Like, to reflect yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Like, maybe this is something I should think of. Like, maybe I should, you know, work on my social skills to be able to adapt to different environments and then maybe potentially make new friends and shit. Mm-hmm. I find it hard right now. For me, at least, as an adult to make new friends, I feel like um, it may be a bit about the desire, maybe a bit about the ego. Um, and what's the last one again? Admit. No, desire, ego, and discipline. Oh, discipline, yes. It might, actually, I might, I'm not sure if it's a discipline. It could be. Like, maybe I just have to keep, like, saying the, you know, your first phrase when you go to a network event, the one you just said. Maybe I just have to keep doing that constantly until I find that one person, right? Yeah. Ah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of I kind of thought about that. It's kind of unrelated and very, very little invo- or investment has been made into this. And, very little plans on investment has been made on this. But I also thought that about my dating life because I'm I'm the type of person who 
I really don't care if I'm single for the rest of my life. Mm. Like I have no desire to like be in a relationship. That is not like a goal of mine. I don't have a goal to ever get married in the future or have kids or anything like that. Right. For me, that's something. My opinion on that is that's something I can't actually control because I can't control like oh meeting the love of my life or anything like that. So I make no actual goals for that. And so, and for me as a person, I'm also somebody who puts very little value in physical attraction, mm-hmm. both ways. So if I see someone who's physically attractive, which is very rare for me, mm-hmm. then I will have no desire to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it's like, I don't know anything about your personality for me to actually want to invest time into getting to know you. Right. And the same as the other way around. If someone found me attractive and approached me and was like, hey, I think you're really attractive. I would like to get to an opportunity to get to know you better. Can I take you out on a date or can I get a coffee? N- nothing would make me say yes. Because I'm like, I don't fucking know you. I don't give a shit if you find me attractive. You don't know me. Right. And then, and then, so I feel like that gives me a huge, huge, what's the word I'm looking for? It handicaps me quite, in a quite a big way, because unless someone somehow organically gets to know me and is around my circle often enough for me to get to know them, then any of your typical approaches of meeting someone new like that wouldn't work for me. And so how we were talking about the friendship thing. Yeah. I did consider this a little that maybe I need to put a little bit more effort or be a little bit more open minded to these things or else. It, it's I actually don't even. OK, so if we go back to our three basic rules of adapting that we've created for ourselves, mm. um, you just don't have the desire to zero. Absolutely. Zero. But is it ego? Is it do you think that you're better off without someone or oh, you're just as or do you, do you truly believe that with a person that i can grow with for the rest of my life it can become even better than just me solo yeah okay so it's not ego i'm, I'm like a diehard romantic so it's not ego and um i mean it's not really discipline but it's more of desire you don't have any current desire yeah, for that zero. right um because that's the opposite of being content right like uh-huh. you're you're content right now therefore you have zero desire to change that part of it right uh-huh. Uh, and then the next one is just like, do you even want to adapt to that? Like, is it necessary? Because like, like we've already said at the beginning, sometimes you shouldn't adapt. But I mean, it's up to it's you. True. I, I mean, I, I do agree. It's, I, a random it's, it's almost the same as it's like my my thing to you. Like, whereas like I have to adapt to make more friends. You may have to adapt to potentially find someone that you want to. Yeah. yeah. And then for me, until I've had this conversation and actually put in the conscious effort, it'll never happen. Yeah, it's almost along the same lines of. Will you make a connection that may be more meaningful to you, very meaningful to you one day? Right. Regardless if that's a friendship or a relationship. Right, right, right. Um, And then I guess like a subset of the questions is like how important it is to adapt. I think there's certain like tiers of importance. I think we've almost established like the social tiers might be one of the lowest, but it's also dependent on your geographical location. Yeah, that Uh, could be everything for you. Yeah. But then, and then the physical tier though, that might be, I actually don't know, like how much have we handicapped ourselves by having too much, um, climate control, if that makes sense. So like, we actually don't need to adapt to our physical environment nowadays because we built these structures for us to live in. Mm-hmm. Like if you were living in Edmonton, you really hate the cold. You really, really, really hate the cold. I really do fucking hate the cold. You hate it so much. You could potentially in the winter, almost never be in the cold. Yeah, I could. If you live in a condo. Very- if you live in a condo with a heated garage and you drove to wherever you went or you always get Uber Eats to your house and people always hang out at your house or you work from home or you work from home. You have a gym in your apartment or some or in your house. I, th- 
I actually wonder if all these things we've done to obviously improve our lives, does that make us uh, prone to dying in a disaster? Because we're not, disaster. we're not capable of adapting anymore. Or I think we may not be able, we may not be capable of adapting to these different sudden changes of environment now. I would like to believe in almost, okay, let me rephrase that. I would like to believe that in most common natural disasters, your average human being would be able to survive to an extent. But when I was saying that, the reason why I slowed down is because at first I thought your average human being is probably somebody who doesn't do a lot of fitness. But I feel like my understanding of what a level of, what a normal level of fitness is, is probably quite skewed by now. Because I don't know if your average person works out regularly or if they work out maybe once a week or perhaps they're just a lot more stationary and they just try to get their steps in. I don't know what's considered normal. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing steps. Someone who's a little bit more conscious of getting some steps maybe goes to a fitness class maybe hits the gym once every week or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that kind of person would probably be able to survive a little bit in any for a little bit of time in any given crisis situation. However, if you are slightly below that on average in terms of your physical activity, in terms of what you're knowledgeable in, say how to find food, how to do prepare for a natural disaster, how to grab your necessities, what's important, what's not, how to do basic first aid things. If you're shy of your average person i feel like you would suffer significantly more so you're kind of like a couch potato and things like that i think we actually rank these in our own brains too um like for me okay so i think we have on our board we have physical adaptation mental adaptation and behavioral adaptation right Mm. and how important is it for these three i think it is different for everyone and i think personally for me like it sounds weird, but the reason why I fucking climb is to like adapt to like disaster environment. Like, for example, if if I'm in a big building and it tipped over and I had to climb down, I'd be able to. That's just shit I think about when I do leg press. So I'm like, if a cement roof collapsed on me, of course my legs would fucking break. But in the off chance that it doesn't, yeah, how easily will I be willing to press this piece of equipment or this piece of material off of me so i can slide out from under it and not be crushed but actually it goes even further it goes even simpler than that i actually sometimes think about like if i have enough muscles or if i have a good enough like physical structure mm-hmm. if i go into a car accident am i less likely to get injured and i yeah. skew my own life in order to make sure i don't get injured in those situations right like if you have a stronger neck if yeah. you get in a car accident your neck is less likely to get hurt yeah. Right. For sure. Um, if you have like a stronger body and something's trying to impale you, it'll take more force to impale Flex you. Flex in that moment. I mean, yeah, but like, you. if you're just blob, it's gonna go right through you, right? Yes. So I actually think I skew the physical and mental side more than the behavioral side. But what if you were so swole that if you were in a car, <laughs> you can't get out. <laughs> you can't fucking get out. <laughs> I mean, that means you didn't get a big enough car. <clears throat> but, or you're so swole that if you if you're freaking skinny, then the dent of the car wouldn't have hit you. But because you're so swole now, you, now your fucking arm is broken. Mm, true too. True that too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, so I don't have to worry about that shit. 
like I'm not too big, so that's yeah, good. Yeah. But it also works on the mental side because I feel like the more general knowledge you have, the more likely you're going to survive a changing environment. I believe that as well. Right. So like, and not like, I totally believe like I, I want to learn one thing and I want to get really good at it. I want that thing to like make me money. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I learn a lot of like general shit. Like I know how to me start too. a fire. I know how to cut wood. I, I know how to do a lot of these like survival things, but it's all mental. It's not, yeah. it's not really physical, right? It's yeah. like mental thought and stuff. And like, I know how to problem solve really well and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so skewed for me that my behavioral side of adaptation is really shit. Why? <laughs> because I feel like I just don't adapt to like uh, like a social setting and stuff oh, as well. I see. Right? You have your habits in place and your knowledge in place. Yeah. 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 And then I'm so skewed to the physical and mental side where I feel like for me adapting on the behavioral side is not that good. But I literally feel like for me, like physically, like that's literally some of the reasons why I do some of the things I do mm. is to... I guess I was, like it's it's mainly to protect myself. But I was I was talking to Joyce the other day, and I was like, literally, the reason why I do some of these workouts is that if I was for some reason forced to run like two kilometers right now, I won't like be in pain. Yeah. Um. Like I hate pain so much that I'm going through pain to avoid future pain. Um. But yeah, that's that's very interesting. <clears throat> interesting. If I were to put it, compare myself to whether I believe one of the three is the weakest on mine. Actually, I'm not that sure which one I would think is more weaker, physical or behavioral for myself. Because I also train. I think. But I feel like, actually, maybe it's behavioral. I think you're overall just like flexible to the environment then. right? If you're pretty yeah. good at most of them. Um, I think my and- mental is pretty good. Physical is good behavioral is good like when i think about behavioral i think about like social settings yeah i think i'm very good in social settings changing and adapting whenever i need right right i mean i just physically i think i'm decent to an extent because i train however outside of the things that i train i don't think i'm that great yeah yeah that's true if i were to like race you in a run or if we had to climb something or we had to jump something i would not even me but i think like someone else who does something similar to me would probably be true at those things. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm also thinking that perhaps it's behavioral because the first example I thought about was volleyball. When I was trying to when I was trying to train out of my goofy footing, yeah. it's more behavioral than physical. Mm, yes, yes. It could it could be mental. I'm not saying you're dumb or anything, but <laughs> no. but I'm saying like um like I feel like problem solving is not innate in, in some people. I think I'm actually pretty good in problem solving. I think it's not bad but i was i was gonna say it might be the weakest of the three like for example if i was like stuck in this room and we had to like make this light work or something like that i feel like i have so much general knowledge where i was like okay i can like figure the I fuck out I do too. like i feel like i can macgyver a lot of things I'm in definitely life. a generalist over a specialist mm, i see okay okay maybe maybe not then maybe maybe uh maybe it is behavioral for you uh, i mean that's cool that's cool i never uh, thought of is all these different thing? things i don't know all these things we uh, typically adapt to. Okay, let's let's get into some of like specific examples we came up with that we can kind of like talk about. So the first one uh, I think is very interesting is adapting for your career and stuff. I feel like we're in this bind right now, uh, and I think a lot of people we know are in a similar bind. Um, a lot of times, our career we are um, either getting paid a lot of money and not really liking it, or really liking it and not getting paid enough. 
Uh, or if you know you got the double whammy, you're doing something you love, and you're so good at it that you're getting paid a lot of money for it, right? Mm. Uh, that's just you don't have to debt for shit. You're good. Just, just, you're, you're just, just gotta go just find other you. problems to focus yeah, yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> but I think, uh, like, I, like what percentage do you think the people we know are in the bind that we might be in? So, like, the the bind I'm talking about, for example, is like I would like to say most of them actually. Yeah, like I I personally think I get paid a lot of money to do my job, but I'm not satisfied with my career. I would be in the same boat. I feel. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of the people we know are in something similar, or they might be like, like, in something similar or worse, where it's like they hate their job and they don't make enough. But yeah, but usually I feel like when people, okay, usually I think people will adapt enough where if they hate their job and they don't make enough money, they'll fucking dip real fast, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like a no brainer situation, mm-hmm. right? But then if they really love their job but they don't make enough money, that's kind of tough now, right? They're like. I love the people I work with. I love what I do, but you know, it's not paying all the bills, which kind of sucks. Um, That's very. Oh, actually, never mind. Or mm, I was going to disagree with that, or feel like I feel like if you love your job enough and you're very passionate in what you do, eventually you will get paid. Like the money will come if you're really good at what you do. But then, if not, if you're passionate what you do specifically. However, I thought of another example that kind of canceled out my first thought was that some people are really passionate in something, but they're just not good at it. So yeah, they shouldn't. So they just shouldn't do it. But the other thing is, um, like if little Timmy's about to come out the womb, and you got to pay the bills, you're kind of stuck in that really tough situation, right? Mm-hmm. You love this thing that you do, but it's not making enough to support your family, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think we and most of our friends are very fortunate we're not in that situation. Yeah. Um. But that's not the general public, I think. I think a lot of the public, um, especially immigrants and stuff, they, they don't have a choice. It's like they have to just take whatever gives them the most money to support themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that one is like, I feel like it's so tough to adapt. Like for us, we get in this bind where it's like, fuck, man, they pay me too much to do nothing. Like <laughs> I can't leave. Yeah. Uh, and then that's almost like a trap on its own. Yeah, I feel like once you get paid a certain salary and you're used to that lifestyle and the amount that it can afford you and how much you get paid, then it's kind of hard to switch knowing that you might get paid less. Yeah. Even if you're not as, even though you might be more satisfied, but then. I I think the hard part is that we don't know what that new journey is. Hmm. Like, we don't know if that new journey is less pay and shittier job, right? Yeah, like exactly. that. That's like to us, that's the worst case scenario, right? Yeah. Um, the best case scenario is that job is the same pay, or maybe even a little bit less or more, and way more satisfying. Like I think mm-hmm. if most people, you said, "Hey, we'll pay you ten percent less, but you get to do exactly what you want to do," they'll be like, "I'll take it right away." I would take it. I think most people just put their foot down, and be like I'll do it. Like I will sacrifice that boat I wanted to buy just to be happy. Yeah. Because yeah, that's what they want, right? Um, but yeah, I think I think not. I don't know. It's so tough. It's so tough to adapt to this. It's like I feel like with career too. It's also how important is your career to you? Because not everyone's a career based person. Some people true. work their job simply to be able to fund their lives, and that's perfectly okay with them. Versus some people think it's very important to find a career that's very rewarding and satisfying to them and i feel like i belong in the latter category where i feel like my job should be more rewarding than not for me because i to me it's a huge part of my life and something that i want to dedicate a lot of my time and attention to 
Yeah, I I used to be so stubborn in the idea like everyone should do what they're passionate about. Yeah, but I feel like I've come to learn to realize that you know some people just want to do their nine to five and they want to go home to their loving family and they don't care about that grind from nine to five because the rest of their life is like makes it worth it. Yeah, Yeah, like makes it worth it enough for them. And their job is just like, it's enough for them to, you know, not just get by, but it's like more than enough for them to get by. And they're just mm-hmm. willing to go through that sacrifice in life. Yeah, no, I, I, I would not be. <laughs> I, I used to be so single-minded in the whole, like everyone should do what they're passionate about. But now I'm just like, nah, man, like so, someone's got to be the cashier. I definitely used to be too. I remember yeah. whenever I would ask anyone what they do, the yeah. second thing I, that would come out of my mouth would be, is that your dream job? Yeah. And if they said no. I'd be like, okay, why are you doing it then? But yeah, and then look at <laughs> yeah. us now. Hey, like I feel such a such a hypocrite in this situation now. Right? Exactly, it's just like fuck. Um, yeah, that's that's one situation where I feel like it's tough to adapt to. Definitely um, hard because there's a lot of other variables that come into play yeah. when you choose to adapt for whether your salary or whether you want it to be rewarding and satisfactory or not. They always told us money changes us, and we never believed them until it changed us. <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. But anyways, next one is um, we thought it was family, um, adapting to like new responsibilities, things like that. I I think that's very. It depends on your family situation. I think it might actually be very tough for some people. Uh, I think some people they'll drop anything they want they have in their life just for their family. Mm-hmm. And some will be like questionable. Be like, do you really need help moving? Or are you just, you know what I mean? Like, where do you fall along those lines? Um, I do a cost benefit analysis for sure. Okay. As in, uh, if someone, if like my family asked me, he's like, hey, can you help me move? Yeah. And I can't because I have something already planned. Like, if they asked me last minute or something, I already have something planned. I'm like, Brother, I already have something planned right now. Like, if you told me earlier, then I will book time off for you and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, so I definitely do the cost-benefit analysis on those type of situations. On anything dire, like, I think I remember one time uh, my grandma fell. And um, let's just say, long story short, not to embarrass her too much, uh, she needed to get some diapers, mm-hmm. uh, adult diapers. And then I was like, it was like like midnight, almost one in the morning. And I was just like, fuck it. I got up. I drove all the way to downtown to try to find like a shopper's open or anything like that. I like went everywhere. I went like full like hour and a half trying to find this stuff for her, right? Uh, and it's just like, I feel like in those situations, it's it's almost like uh, I have to, right? It's like, yeah. like if my family's in the hospital or if something's wrong with my family that's dire to their health or something like that, then I will be right there for them, right? But in other situations where like, oh, can you help me do this thing? I'm like, schedule it. <laughs> I am the exact fucking same way. <laughs> I'm like, schedule it, buddy. You schedule it, I'll be there. If you don't schedule it, I'm not going to be there. I like my personal time and I like my personal life to be quite separate. Yeah. I'm very, not very, but I feel like I'm definitely a more individualistic yeah. person over a family person compared to my family. And whenever they ask me for assistance on anything... I always ask, can you do it alone? <laughs> do you actually yeah. need me? Can you ask somebody else first? Yeah. I mean, but if it's something important, like it has to do with their health, some critical yeah, finance health, some stuff, some critical things, yeah. I'll be like, okay, utilize me however you need. Yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. yeah. But I'll if it's my like, calendar, I'll do whatever. Yeah. All my resources are your resources. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to draw the line. If my mom was like, Call me, he's like, hey, can you go buy some bananas? I'm like, maybe. I would say, 
Oh, yeah, I would say maybe too, depending on where I'm going. Yeah, but then if she said, oh, hey, can you help pick up my prescription? I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, right, tell yes, me when, yes. when and where. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> it just depends on the criticality of it and, like, how much we judge on that, right? Yeah. Um, but I know some people where it's not like that, where it's, like, they'll instantly do anything for the family. Or I know some people where they're, like, they're so separate from their family that, that it's, like, a barely talking situation, right? I, yeah, for sure. Like, my mom, for example, she would do anything and everything for her family. Any any request, any ask. I, I think my dad is the same. I think it's because it's uh, Asian immigrants and stuff like same, that. I think. Oh, your sisters? Oh, okay. I would say my sisters also okay. the same. I was gonna say it's like more of an Asian immigrant thing, yeah. but I don't know. Like maybe I don't know. But for me, I'm just like it depends how convenient it is, and it depends how <laughs> critical it is. Same here. <laughs> like I'm not asking for much. If you tell me two weeks in advance, we'll figure it out. Yeah. If you tell me the day of, I don't know if I can do it for you, brother. <laughs> I'm even to the extent where if I'm home and my sister asks me to reach for things and open jars a lot, the first thing I say to her is, have you tried? <laughs> How hard have you tried? Go try it again. Uh, if I wasn't here, what would you do? Yeah. And if you can figure it out, you don't need me. <laughs> yeah. So- sometimes I feel bad too because my parents will ask them to help them with some tech stuff. And I'll be like, did you try doing it yourself first and all that <laughs> stuff? And it's tough. Like, I know they don't, like, it's so hard to explain, too, because um we grew up with technology, right? And yeah. they didn't. So, like, I don't want to, like, be an ass and not help them. But I wonder if I'm going to have the same struggle and be a hypocrite you with my kids one day in the future, Definitely right? are. They'll be like, can you help me with this? Uh, I'll be like, can you help me with this VR thing? And they'll be like, oh my God, you don't understand it. It's so obvious. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen because I'm sure in our parents' ages, when whatever new technology came out for them, perhaps the fucking record player, their parents are probably like, can you help me set up this record player? I don't know how to put the vinyl disc on. Yeah. They would be like, oh, you just have to spin it and you move the needle like this. Yeah, and to them it's so <laughs> obvious, right? 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 Or like even... um. Actually, maybe not so for you, but I think the majority of people, uh, when you want to like cook a specific dish, your parents did. To them, it's so obvious of how to do it. Yeah. But to you, it's like, uh, what do I add next, or what do I do next, or like, yeah. yeah. Ah, I mean, I I hope I don't eat my words one day and uh, you will fucking everyone be, does be the sad parent and be like, can you help me? Unless with this? you're very adaptive to your environment I, and I, very new and upcoming with whatever technology has come out then i feel like everyone's gonna experience that in some way shape or form i actually wonder what the limitation is too like is the limitation genetics like at some point you can't adapt because your genetics are so far off from these crispr children (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just thinking like your genetics are so far off from these crispr children that like 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 there's something that you you literally cannot understand quantum computing in your head yeah what the fuck like that's all i'm imagining right now is like i feel like i can figure out almost any technology yeah but these crispr kids just get way too advanced (laughs) i'm not sure if i can figure out those stuff right (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like you can't engineer a rocket ship within an hour are you dumb yeah oh fuck i can only do it in two (laughs) i'm an idiot I mean, I I will be honest. The day that my intelli- intelligence level becomes like the low, I will be very happy for human society. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be very sad myself because I'm stupid. But you'll be happy. But then I'll be like, humans have gone a long way. <laughs> You're right. Yes. 
Perhaps you might be happier, actually. I think so. I think my I think our parents are. I think most parents are happier not adapting to this. Um, but a bit of me like wants them to do it fully. Like sometimes I hate it when my parents are on their phone so much, yeah. looking at these like stupid videos and stuff. Um, I think so too. But I think if they had a choice, they would always go back to the good old days, right? Like the nostalgia. It's just a thing that they don't want to adapt away from, and I think it's the same for us. And they're not sure how to adapt to the new norm in a way that is more valuable to them. They're doing their own cost-benefit analysis. They're yeah. thinking, like, learning all this thing, is it worth it? Or can I enjoy the rest of my days doing what I love back in the day? Right? And I feel like, I mean, it's a good segue to our next portion of the topic is, like, love. Like, adapting for love, right? Um, Like, in a relationship... I think some things you may have to adapt to, but some things I feel like it's important not to adapt to, right? Because I think so, like non-negotiables versus things that you sacrifice and things that you kind of compromise on. Yeah, yeah. Like some things is just like a no. It's like no, we can't have a threesome or something like that, right? It's just like this is a non-negotiable thing. Um, or like no, you can't leave for two years to work in this place and not have me there right yeah some like very obvious non-negotiable so some things you shouldn't adapt to because it'll change who you are like it'll change who you are in a fundamentally bad way for you um what do you mean by change who you oh like if somebody were to travel or like um if a guy likes a more submissive wife or something oh, and right. like forces them to become even more like a housewife, even though that may or may not be good for them. Like even if you're a career driven woman. Yeah, yeah. Like don't get me wrong, like I have nothing against like I think a housewife thing is pretty cool. Like if if, if my wife made so much more money, mm-hmm. I'll be a trophy husband. <laughs> Gladly. I will stay home all day and do all the cooking and cleaning. Would you like it if it was the other way around? um no actually i won't like it so i've actually discussed this with my girlfriend too i think everyone in the world should at minimum be able to take care of themselves so taking care of yourself for example is one right uh i think i can take care of 1.5 people so i'm at 1.5 right i think everyone's minimum except if you're like under 18 or like under 21 or something it should be a one right Mm. I mean, I I have some i have some leniency for students like when i was university students i depend on my parents and stuff right But to a, to an extent, yeah, you're right. To an extent, I would accept uh, people not being at minimum one. Mm-hmm. But and and the reason I think like that is um, is selfish and selfless. So it's selfish because like I don't want to take care of someone else that I don't need to. Like mm-hmm. if you're not a kid or like an elderly, I don't want to have to take care of you. Mm-hmm. That's number one. But it's selfless too because if something happened to me one day, I want to be reassured that you're able to take care of yourself. In terms of like my relationships and like my significant others, I always tell them like my minimum is each of us has to be at least a one. Yeah. Um. We don't have to be That's a one. A great analogy. We don't have to be a one all the time. As in like, you know, you hurt your foot, you can't work this next three months or whatever. You're now a point five or something. It's temporary. I understand that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not gonna be mad about that. But I think we should all be able to have the skills, uh, adaptability, brains. Uh, physical ability to take care of at least ourselves i agree to an extent for myself yeah so for myself i would always like my i I carry myself to a different standard than i would like to carry the people that i care for right so for myself i always want to be a one right at least for sure at least a one if i'm below a one then i have sometimes i have troubles asking 
for help or like relying on other people because I like to be a one myself all, yeah. all times as however much I can. But the reason why I say I carry myself to a different standard to the people that I care for is that I understand your mindset towards if you were gone one day, then you would want them to be able to take care of yourselves and that's why you care for them. Yeah. For me, it's more so my mentality more so focuses on if I care about you, then I don't mind being a two, a three, a four, a mm. five if I have to be. And you can be at zero if you want to be mm. to an extent. So I don't want to wipe your ass for you every single day. I don't want to have to make you basic ass meals every day. If you're hungry and I'm not there and you can't right. cook your own meal, then I'm not a babysitter. Right. But if I have enough money to financially support my entire family, yeah, anyone in my close circle, I will gladly be willing to do it. Oh. And you don't have to make a single cent or worry about yeah, yeah. anything making money or anything for the rest of your life. I am 100% willing to do that. If you're not a great cook and you're you're my partner and we live together and all this stuff, I don't like if you don't know how to grab a snack or like make simple food then that's pretty fucking bad. But I can make all our meals for us for the rest of our lives. I also don't mind that, but that's also because I also love cooking. Mm. But even if I I'm tired and you want a meal and I'm not eating. I'm willing to cook it for you because I'm willing to be that like two in that scenario. Yeah. Or like if you don't really want to, if you're not really into cleaning the house, as long as you don't make a big fucking mess every single time, I don't mind doing all the chores really. I see. I think you're a lot more uh, selfless in, in that sense. I, uh, yeah, I think that's something we definitely differ. I think mm. for me, it's like almost, it's almost like a non-negotiable. Um, It's like, I need you to be a, like, I don't need you to, do all of these things i just need you to be able to do all of these things mm. right uh but yeah no i think i think that's definitely something we differ because even if i had a lot of money uh i still expect all the people like all my loved ones to still want something in life that's very fair yeah so then that's why i'd be like i may be able to support you but i won't do it out of principle but if you are um like Guys, I don't want you guys to think I'm completely heartless, but like, no, I think it's very reasonable. Yeah, very fair. if if you are wanting to pursue something, like for example, if I like won the lottery or something, I'm not gonna just give all the money away. But if my brother said that, hey, I have a business idea and I really want to pursue this business, I'll be like, I will invest in you. Mm-hmm. I, I will invest in you to do this business because you have a desire and a passion for this. Uh, but I won't just give you money for the sake of giving you money. Is, is kind of my mindset. So it's like, if someone wants to do something, I'm willing to uh, enable them, but I'm not willing to carry them. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. And then, I don't know, like for love, I don't know what else there might be in terms of relationship. Um, I mean, there's always sacrifices to adapt to. Um, I mean, outside of the non-negotiables, I think it's usually always okay. Um, but you just have to set up what your non-negotiables are and then figure out with your what you should adapt to and what you shouldn't adapt to, right? And I think it's also important to realize what your partner's adapting to. Um, oh, yes. Because sometimes... How much they're adapting versus how much you're adapting. Yeah, because sometimes... Actually, not sometimes. All the time, one partner is more submissive than the other. Like, I don't care what you say. There's always one even slightly more submissive than the other, yeah, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think being the one that's not submissive, you'd have to try to be empathetic to their position, right? Like, I'm forcing... Not forcing, but like... It's like quote unquote forcing. Like I'm yeah. like like telling them that I want it. I want it this way. Uh, maybe not by words, but by actions or something yeah. like that. Uh, and they're changing themselves for that, right? You have to like be understanding about that stuff. I think 
that's usually what also ruins a lot of relationship is they think about me, 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 and they think about like, oh, I've changed so much for you, but they don't look at it from the other side or like, oh, like I agree. They've they done don't see just how much the other person has changed. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's not about it's not a fucking contest about the change. It's about like growing t- together, right? Like some changes are just plain what good. What do I need to do to make this work? Type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then I feel like the the it's onerous on the person who is. Uh, less submissive, the more um, aggressive one to understand and be more empathetic to the submissive one. Because the submissive one, I feel like is automatically empathetic to the more aggressive one. That's why they're submissive. Submissive, for sure. I think it's also valuable to weigh out how much you're adapting and whether you're adapting too much. It's like to do a health check on yourself. Kind of, yeah. Like if you're compromising a lot or changing a lot about your personality your values or little things like that just because of the relationship maybe this relationship just isn't that well suited for you yeah yeah it's like it's like the government they ask for more and then they ask for a little bit more they increase (laughs) tax a little bit they increase tax over there they take a little bit more control right and then all of a sudden you didn't realize you went from completely free to completely locked down and you don't realize until you take a step back and you're like oh this is not a good situation i'm in right now right exactly um, and, and sometimes it's actually so hard. Sometimes you have to listen to that best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to like listen to the outside world um, because it is like, that's how it is. Right. Like, have you ever had a best friend or a really close friend tell you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They told me um, bitch? it was in high school. They told me they didn't like my girlfriend. Uh-huh. I thought my girlfriend was pretty hot. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it didn't, it didn't end up working out and they were right. Like the reasons why they were right were right. Um and I didn't listen at that time. So yeah, I felt shitty that I wasn't listening to them. I mean it wasn't even a best friend, it was just a friend too that like said those things, right? Um and I, I was just that like might be another level if it's just a friend, but then it's yeah. valuable as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Um but then sometimes it takes myself to just I don't know, like I feel like people have to do these checks periodically. Themselves, I agree. Yeah, like evaluate your life at the moment. Your friends can tell you everything you need to ever hear but until you understand and actually reflect upon that yourself then it doesn't matter who's telling you what yeah yeah and just i don't know like something so valuable saying it out loud (laughs) like when you say it out loud it's like oh fuck like it's either i'm an idiot or you come to a revelation you're like Mm -hmm. oh shit like when i say it in my mind it's clouded by all these other things that are being said and it's not amplified but when i say out loud out of my mouth going into my own ears physically then i'm like holy shit like this means something right so i mean sometimes that's all it takes and then what snaps you out of it is just your friend telling you in person about something yeah um yeah i mean i think that's a pretty interesting one uh next one is social situations uh oh i guess we kind of talked about this a bit already uh, like speaking your mind not kind of mind melding with the group is sometimes important but sometimes like you know there's a disaster the plane just hit the building you know you follow the group you don't try to voice any different opinion it's almost like sometimes you're in a military situation and you just you should just shut the fuck up and follow the rules and do as you're told and sometimes you should speak your opinion right what was your O part it's not a bullying Mm, yeah, for sure. So bullying when is people one. People are bullying someone. How willing are you to step outside of the crowd 
and do something about it if you might get injured in the process as well just to save somebody else yeah i actually it wasn't you that told me that or I, it might be some random thing i read online if someone's bullying or if someone's trying to hurt someone and it's just the three of you it's you that person being hurt and that person you're more likely to step in than if it's a crowd around you yes. and it's just those two people right because of the bystander effect i had yeah. written down right i was here, like damn my o2 because you believe that somebody else is going to do something yeah and at that point it's uh it's a fallacy to to adapt to your environment you should not adapt to your environment at that not. point um should not but like it's easier said than done too i actually make it a very key point that if i want something done then i go do it myself instead of waiting for other people to do it yeah but um i mean it's tough i feel i like i understand when people don't do it too though like it's it's yeah it's, i understand it takes sure. courage still and yeah. um either sometimes people don't have the courage or they don't have the fucks right like <laughs> it, it's true like if someone's running true, late yeah. for a meeting and they see someone like in a group big group of people and someone's pushing someone else they're just gonna be like i gotta go to this someone, fucking meeting yeah, i have to go right else can help them yeah right that situation for sure but also in that same sense i did remember this one saying i forget who but they're saying the nice thing to do is never convenient right right so like doing something that if, if doing something nice is convenient it's not really doing something nice you're just doing something convenient right mm. but doing something very nice or I, I don't know if nice was the exact terminology of the saying used but it's like Works. actually doing something caring and nice you actually go out of your way to like help someone right mm. uh and fuck ever since i heard that like i catch myself sometimes where like fuck to be honest i wouldn't help that guy if it wasn't convenient or yeah. something wasn't convenient and That's I didn't really help someone, code. right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it wasn't convenient and I didn't help them. It's just Wait, like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it just makes me think a little bit, right? Like, those are the things that I, I, I learned just from random stuff online. I'm just like, That's so true. That's very true. Um, and it's true too because the nicest things that's happened to you probably wasn't convenient for the people that did it for you, right? Like, uh, this is probably like a really dumb example, but like if I'm going online and uh, there's tech support or something and someone actually fixes my problem instead of just saying, oh, I can't do it or like, you know, passes me on to the next person. Like that probably wasn't convenient, even though you're supposed to do your job, but yeah, it was kind of nice, right? It's like, it's, you're doing something nice because you actually went out of your way to make sure my thing was solved. I agree. And um, that is such a good quote. I have a note of quotes on my phone that I think are very valuable yeah to living my life the way i would like to live in i just wrote that one down in there yeah and i think um public workers are probably the best at this uh, i find um like yeah a lot of people think oh they're just doing their job i'm like not really they could be a dick while they're doing their job yeah they're going out of their way to make sure they're not being a dick and they're going out of their way to make sure that you're happy at the end of the day they're they're doing something nice and it was not convenient right they could have just at times when you like go to the rec center or something and your thing's not working they could just say well go home well, right good fucking luck yeah but like a lot of times the public workers they're uh they go out of their way and i think a lot of um like a lot of public service actually now that i think about public service i wonder if um if military is like that uh what do you mean by that so it, it might sound weird but like a lot of some people in the military they are proud of their job because they're serving their country um and they're like they their literal goal in life is to help others 
That's why they join the military and you know, want to stop bad people or even help in emergency situations and stuff like that. Like that's a very commendable thing that I think not like it's not easy. Like yeah. again, it's a non-convenient thing that they have to do, um, and it's a very nice thing. So I feel like it's an attribute that they must need. And I, I've never thought about. I've I've only thought about like nurses and doctors about like you know being caring and empathetic and stuff. But man, you sign your life away when you join the military. Not your life, but like you sign at least two or four years of your life away as soon as you join the military. Mm. And you're training all these years just to serve something kind of ambiguous, your country, right? But when you say your country, I think most people think about the people of the country, not the physical geography of the country. Yeah. Right? So then they're also, they also have that almost similar attribute as like nurses and doctors and stuff. They're doing all this to try to help other people. Good for yeah. people that they don't even know. It, just in a different different di- direction, right? It's not as direct, but it kind of is at times. I find it very hard to even relate to that perspective because when i think about a country people i see equally a lot of people that i don't know and a lot of people that are good and a lot of people that are bad yeah i would never sign my life away or volunteer for something where i'm committing so much of myself to things that i don't know in the sense of i can't i would never join the army or the military because i think that there are a lot of people that don't deserve it Mm. i think like I, I don't think I would either, but I a part of me actually I'm not sure. A part of me thinks like public service is not well looked after. Yeah. And I think that also goes along with government too. Because if you were to serve in the military, yeah. I would feel like I would want to be very proud of my government and everything that my country stands for. Yeah. And I don't know, unless you live in Sweden then there would be a lot of conflicting interests regardless i feel yeah i I think so too but the states would be a huge example of why i would never be like oh this is my country i love it so much uh i'm not completely sure about that one myself because if there was some disaster that happened i actually would want to help like but like the true heart of me would want to try to help in some way but signing your life away is a lot like, that's a lot to ask yeah. for, right? Like, if there was, okay, if there was a, God forbid, bombing in Edmonton, yeah. and everyone was running around trying to find, like, just a safe place to find shelter, a basement, or whatever, I would be like, okay, anyone can come to my house, mm. as long as you seem like a decent person. Like, mm. if somebody was holding a knife, I was yeah. like, what the fuck in? I'd be like... That's how you get raped and pillaged. <laughs> but, like, I would try my best to help wherever I can, yeah. Yeah. help out my community, or wherever I am, how, the best that I can, but... On a large scale, to say that I would sign up to join the military for my country, I would never do that shit. Um, right now, at my current age, and the jadedness I might have just from growing up, like the the naiveness you might lose from growing up, I would agree. But if you were to tell me at 18 years old that we need you and it's effective in stopping this thing from hurting a lot of people, I might consider it. Oh. I might consider it, but it's still debatable, right? Like I'm under the impression that the reason why you feel this and why it's different from me is because you're also kind of a religious person. So you, you have more of that. Sometimes when I think about what I might be lacking from not being a religious person is that I don't have that soul aspect and that... I don't know how else to explain it aside from saying that soul aspect. And I feel like if you if you 
feed into your soul and you're very connected with your soul and your the religious side of yourself then you feel more connected to people around you and you feel more willingness to give and be giving to your community and to a higher purpose or a bigger purpose like that mm, yeah yes no mm, i'm not sure i'm not actually completely sure because i think i would still make a cost benefit analysis that being said it'll be more naive as in i would think the cost would be so much less and the benefit would be so much more at that age uh-huh. so i'd be like okay you know the military will pay for my education i'll get a degree oh, out of this and then i'll actually like try to help my country with whatever they need and then after that like it sounds weird but i think most companies always want to hire someone that's a veteran because they have some crazy experience in life that's way beyond what their company even does mm-hmm. like if you're in a not even a war situation but you've got that training that discipline that background mm-hmm. so i feel like i'd still make that cost benefit analysis and be like oh shit this oh, will benefit me more now like if i were to go back in time and i was really bad at school or something i would probably join the military or something try to try to advance into a degree to get into something else um so it will still be a cost benefit analysis and it'll still be me being naive i'm not sure it's like me connecting with other people is wanting to help them but i don't know like i think uh it's something so hard but easy to devote yourself to that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it's 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 hard to devote yourself to public service because um you're pretty much giving up with your life for other people but I feel like in the military, it's so easy as in you just follow exactly what they say and you'll probably succeed, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like if you follow exactly all the things they say, you're probably going to get really far. Like they value discipline so much, right? So I don't know. It's it's. I might not be doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> I feel like when you go into the military, a lot of people go in for different reasons. And I feel yeah. like probably half of the amount of people that sign up go for the, that same reason, for yeah. personal benefits and tax and however you get paid yeah yeah like okay i'll I'll be honest the 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 cool situation is if if i had an opportunity to do a civilian job in the military that'd be sick Mm -hmm. that'd be sick because like you kind of get both you kind of get a taste of both worlds right you you get the fact that you had your own freedom and you're just working for them you're not like or you're working with them, not for them, kind of thing. Like and you there's get no, all the benefits of the name. Yeah, kind of. Like you don't have a drill sergeant behind your back, like telling you what to do. But at the same time, you still have the involvement with public service and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that'd be a cool situation. I, I have oh, thought about okay. that itself a lot. Yeah. Um, they get paid significantly less, which sucks, but I mean, it's still public service, and you still get a lot of benefits from it and recognition for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it depends. If you're in like a contract engineering job with a company that like provides stuff for the military. You might actually get paid a lot of money for that. Oh, that is true. <clears throat> but I have no idea. CIA don't come or whatever the CS CSIS, whatever the Canadian version of it. What uh, about speaking your mind in social situations? How valuable do you think it is to adapt in situations where maybe you might get flamed for speaking your mind or Maybe it's better to speak your mind in situations. I guess this might this might go along with bullying. I guess that it's, would be an example, but also in situations such as giving your opinion or anything um, like that. It's so situational base. So I think if I'm in a meeting with all the bloods, I ain't saying shit. <laughs> no matter Real how crit. much I no matter how much I disagree with them. 
Right. Like I didn't say shit, guys. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, but if the consequences aren't dire, then I would speak up more. Uh, but okay, even not a exaggerated um example. Like if you're in a meeting, like a town hall meeting, and there's a bunch of people in the company. Um, if the consequences of you saying something dumb is not that great, then yeah, say. It. But if it is like you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of like all the CEOs and shit, you're like, I'm just gonna shut the fuck up for the situation, and I'm not gonna speak to my like, like if they say something that you disagree with, like they're saying like, hey, you know, this is the direction of the company, this is the goal, um, this is the way we should stand for these social opinions of certain things. I disagree with that, but it's a town hall meeting. I'm I'm just shutting the fuck up. Oh man. yeah, like, this is no situation. I would I'm not be that up. person to say the one message that everyone's like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> yeah." I, like it's just I don't know. It just sure. depend on the situation and the consequences of speaking up. Um, unfortunately, that goes to the same with bullying. Right, there's a potential consequence of that too. Yeah, like I want to say, as a potentially courageous person, that you should stand up against bullying, but. Man, some situations tough, man. That guy's about to get shanked. I don't know if I want to get shanked. That's true. Right. I think overall, though, I value speaking my mind over not. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I uh, I think you value it more than I value it. Yeah. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. I think you're more uh, like a, like the hero complex, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm willing to get burned a little bit more just by speaking my mind than not. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think... Um, it goes back to that behavioral test we did. Like, I'm willing to not be inconvenienced by that yeah. to go for a different goal or a further goal. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be that person to speak up in a town hall meeting, but <clears throat> I don't care if I make 500 enemies by speaking my mind if people say, like, oh, Viv, you're such a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes that group think is very bad. Uh, like that's how bad people get into power right like Nazis and all that stuff like mm-hmm. I'm not saying one person is the change of it but it could be the start of the change of it right so like sometimes the counteract group think you just need to be that differing of opinion Um, and it's just it's just necessary I think mm. so I think in certain situations it's necessary but um, I would be very careful about it if that yeah. makes sense like the situation I'm thinking about is like if I have a counter argument to something very uh quote-unquote obvious to people then i want to be able to make sure i'm backed up with facts before i speak up right yeah so like if i say like you know vaccines are fake and all that shit like i want to be able to i I wouldn't say until i'm like for sure and i have everything to back it up kind of thing of course if it's something that's solely based on my opinion and something Mm, that doesn't really need facts per se then i would be almost I mean, a lot more willing to speak my mind. Yeah, yeah, no. I was just gonna say, like, I guess bullying is technically your opinion too, but yeah, but someone is getting hurt, so and it's very obvious. If we were in a situation where it was, I don't know, eleven p.m. at night, and I saw this girl being chased by some guy with a knife, yeah, I think most people would do something. I would do something. Uh, No, I think most people would do something. Okay, but if, I think some people would be afraid to get hurt, and that's why they wouldn't do something. No, but I think if it was 3 p.m. during the day and there's a crowd everywhere, a lot of people won't do something. It's the whole bystander effect you're talking oh, about that before. Is true. Because it's late at night, you're the only other person there, then you would be more inclined to do something. Um, if you are, I feel like a common thought process for some other girls, I'm not saying, oh, I'm so different, I'm a girl, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that another 
mindset would be that it is 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Me being out at this time is also kind of dangerous. Mm. If I get involved with this, I could potentially get very hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you could both be killed. Yeah, we could both be killed. Yeah. One extra life or one just one person. Or what can I do in this situation that can help? Maybe I'm not that great at helping. Maybe it's better if I just stand back away and just call the cops and let this girl just perhaps run around for 10 more minutes until the cops get here. Yeah. Instead of interfering. It's uh, such a hard thing to say. Like, especially in that scenario where the consequences are so dire. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like sometimes the consequences aren't that dire. Like speaking up in a meeting where you think something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's speaking your mind that differs from the group, right? That's you um, adapting not adapting to the environment and being rigid on your mind. But as soon as if you were to speak up and you're wrong and whatever you say isn't correct or it's dumb, you're going to get shot. Then you're going to think about it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that I, yeah, social situations, it's tough. Uh, how about health and lifestyle? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people are stuck in like just being content. I'm content with my body. Um, but for mm. me, I'm always like, fuck, I want more. Like, yeah, I feel like I can get more of this out of this engine and I feel like it's going to, it's going to spread to everything else. Like the yeah. more I get out of my body, it's going to spread to my mental happiness, my emotional, my, even potentially my career and stuff like that. So I always think about like, um, for me adapting to become better um but i see why when some people don't i guess in my first example of like you know if you really hate the fucking cold you could yeah you could be comfortable and content with never going out in the cold mm-hmm. right but i don't know like health wise for i think for this podcast it's like almost non-negotiable mm-hmm. like always try to aim for uh, always try to aim for the healthiest thing but i know like some things we both like do and don't do mm-hmm. like i don't do ice bath it's not um feasible in terms of cost for me you don't sauna or steam room because yeah, it don't. just doesn't work for you right we both know both things are good for us yeah um but those things is that we uh something we're just not willing to adapt our lifestyles to yeah. incorporate yeah it's not about it's not about desire it's not about ego it's about um discipline it's too hard to get that to work for your life because I think if we, yeah, I think we both desire both things, but it just doesn't work. I can't. We're both willing. To, we both value our health a lot. Yeah. However, some habits are not better suited for our different lifestyles. How about people who adapt to like, like crazy illnesses? Like you ever have those like stories where like you have a terminal I'd be illness? Such a bad handicapped person. Oh, you think so? I think so for sure, for sure. If somebody told me I had a terminal illness, I'd be like, all right, so just give me a final date. Give me a time, your estimate of when you think I'll start acting like a veggie. And I'm going to go fuck off and live my life and do all this adrenaline inducing shit until I'm like unable to. And when I'm unable to, can you just cut the cord? I'm good. Mm, Or if I was unfortunate enough to be crippled in a way that i lost a leg an arm or something like that i would not be that motivational person you see online to say you can still accomplish your your dreams you can still do this without a leg you can still do that i would be like fuck me oh my god (laughs) unless i have a really great working prosthetic i would feel so so handicapped honestly I'd be so frustrated. Like I'm sure, I'm sure, this is a very common feeling 
to a number of people who are fully able-bodied at one point and then they have an accident and then they lose a limb somehow or they lose something that makes them handicapped in some way shape or form i'm sure there's a great number of people that get really frustrated and think that life is such a burden or a lot of their daily tasks are hindered or have a lot more troubles they have a lot more troubles of doing them and then eventually they adapt and it's not that big of a deal and they find a way to live with it and stuff like that but i genuinely feel like i would be such a bad handicapped i'd be so (laughs) pissed off every single time there's a minor inconvenience because i lost a leg can't find a fucking ramp the ramp is too steep i'd be like fuck me oh my god (laughs) i'd be so annoyed like this one time when i went to thailand and i accidentally cut the bottom of my foot and i had to get sutures placed on the bottom of my foot i had to cancel all my plans for the rest of the trip i was so upset and then not even that it was just so fucking annoying having to walk everywhere and realizing how inaccessible thailand is to handicapped people like i I, I was so upset or i made the best of it and still had a great trip but every single time i had a minor inconvenience I would not be able to be that positive person and be like, oh, we just had to find a way to work around this. Yeah, yeah. This is life now. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I think I would prolong the suffering. <laughs> you would prolong the suffering? I, I think I would. I think, uh, okay, I mean, so. I wouldn't end my life if I lost a leg, but I would definitely be pretty miserable every single time my life was inconvenienced. No, I, I think, for example, if I lost a limb, I would, uh, I would go into biomed research. Ooh. I would I would purposely I like I think that would spark a passion in me to like do research and try to make my life normal again. Ooh. Um now if I had a terminal illness it would depend. Like if you tell me I have a 10% chance to live, I'm like I'm going to use that 10% and I'm going to live. Wow. Um But it kind of depends, right? Like some things are just like really painful, but I think I would take the chance still. Like a, a part of me wants to do the whole like fucking bucket list thing. Yeah. And just be like, I'm done with my life type of thing. But it's going to have to be like, hey, you have like stage four cancer or some shit like that. Yeah. Then I'll be like, okay, fine. Like it's literally, I literally cannot do anything. But even then a part of me be like, can I upload my brain somewhere or like do something or like freeze myself and then maybe they'll figure out a cure in the future. Like that's literally the first things I'll, I'll start thinking about. Um, but only at that stage I would actually get to the and if that doesn't work then I will get to the whole bucket list part but then if not I'd be like alright 10% chance you would still be like that I think mine would have to be uh... yeah mine's pretty low percent chance and I would still try my I would still prolong the suffering until I can like the problem isn't prolong my suffering I would end it if it was to prolong the people I love's suffering hmm if it's if it's prolonging their suffering, then I'm like, fuck it, man, I'm done. But if it was just to prolong my suffering, I'm like, I'll take it. I'll mm-hmm. take it for the chance. I think if they told me that I had a thirty percent to live, yeah, I'd be like, well, fuck this shit. I'm still doing all my bucket list things. I'll be honest. Is anything th- less than thirty percent? I think my no. number might be five or wow, two. Wow, that's impressive. I, I I don't know. I think my will to be able to survive is uh yeah. Be cool. 
I mean, you can't live forever if you don't live. So that is true. That is true. I mean, there are a lot of people that have fought against whatever doctoral advice have has been given to them, and they fought through it and have be- beaten the odds. Yeah. So, like, if I had ten percent, that's the first thing I'll look through. Like, those are the first things I'll research. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did they beat the odds? I'm gonna beat the odds. Is what I've been thinking in my brain. I would not think. <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Yeah, I Maybe don't know. My life like, for me. Uh, no, I I think I'm pretty honest about this. I think I would always fight the odds for that one. Um, I don't know. Like life is GG. That's inspiring, right? Like to me, but overall. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> it's the, if life is a game you play, then I'm playing all the way to the end. Yeah. Right. Like so, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just me. Like it, it just sucks. Like if it was to prolong, if it prolonged my family suffering, though, then that I, I would re. I would definitely re- reconsider it all. Right? Yeah, if I couldn't do my basic daily human tasks and take care of myself, I would definitely yeah yeah be very upset. Like, if, um, I couldn't, if I had to rely on somebody else to help me with any daily tasks. Is that Parkinson's or what is it? Fuck, what what is the disease where you're you slowly cannot do stuff? Like you pretty much die because you can't breathe because your nervous system slowly shuts down. Nervous palsy. Yeah, yeah. If I if I had that, then. I would reconsider, but like up until the point I can't like do my own things, mm-hmm. uh, to an extent, like I would still research and figure out how do I beat this. Like, That's impressive. how much fucking fasting do I have to do, <laughs> or how, how much green tea do I have to drink, <laughs> <laughs> or like how much of whatever. Like, I I would find all the case studies and I would try to figure out how to re- how to replicate them and stuff. Be so fucking if I'm annoyed if I had to rely on anyone for anything, like regularly. Yeah, okay. Is how what? What if it's the reverse? What if uh something happened in your family and you had to take care of them like that? Like if they had cerebral palsy and stuff. Right. For my family, I would do it. Yeah. I would. Do, it would. I would suffer, but I would. Uh, I would every yeah. day be a positive person to try to motivate them. I want to almost say to an extent too, though, in a way. So if their condition was something like they needed someone to they couldn't go relieve themselves regularly then i would probably try and find a way to hire someone that yeah. can do that for them yeah yeah because that's not something that i need to be there for 24/7 in that way yeah versus if they were completely bedridden and hospitalized then i would be there every single day every moment that i can be i would pay someone to assist them to the point where I go broke. Yeah. Like I would, I would literally pay them to the point where I go bankrupt. I would too. um to try to help them and I will not tell them that too. Like I will ensure them that everything is fine kind of yeah, thing because I would burn myself to the ground. Yeah. To help to, them. To try to help them. But then um I mean to that point then there's nothing else I can do, right? Like other than me like physically helping them there's there's nothing left, right? Mm-hmm. Uh that's what I would do for them. But then um I won't. I won't want them to do that for me, though. Okay. I. I'd be if like, I needed someone to push me in a wheelchair every day, I'd be like, "Fuck that shit. It's all right, guys. I'm just gonna take myself out." <laughs> I mean, I want to go to that extent. It's just a fucking wheelchair. There's a lot of quadriplegic okay, out yeah, there. That not, can not a wheelchair, okay. But, like, <laughs> but if you have like some crazy neuro, if somebody had to wipe my ass every day for me, then I would be like, "All right, yeah. guys, it's fine. Like, I, I don't need this shit. You don't need this shit." The the worst is some neurodegenerative disease. I think that that would be the worst. I think in every other situation it wouldn't be too bad. Like yeah. you lost a limb or you have some 
inconvenience in your life is just life. What if you lost both your hands? I mean, I'm time to make me some cool artificial hands. Like I would go into research to try to figure out how to make some really cool neural links. If I could get decent prosthetics and I didn't need to rely on anyone, then yeah, maybe I'd be okay. But like, if I had to work with nubs, then I'm sorry. I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to be <sighs> such a miserable person. I would, the first thing I'd do, I'd be like, hello, Mr. Musk. I would like to apply for all your, <laughs> all your, all your tests. All your testing. Please <laughs> send me to Mars, baby. Don't have to bring me back. I don't give a shit. No, I'd be like, give me all your neural link testing. I will use hands again. Just not They're these starting. ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I have a uh, very... I don't know. It's weird. It's like a very optimistic outlook. So I would definitely try my um, best. So you'd be very highly adaptive in this situation. In that situation, Barry. I think so. I would be very much on the opposite spectrum to the point where if somebody was like, wait, no. Viv, I know you lost both your legs, but here are some decent prosthetics. However, they won't give you the same mobility as you had before. Like, I, I would still be really fucking miserable. I would... I would not see the bright side to that. Yeah, if I lost both my legs, I would work in a company that develops or designs or builds prosthetics, number one. And number two, I would try to get super ripped on the upper body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen some crazy shit where people don't have, like, their bottom half and they do some really cool shit. Like, they're just, like, mm. built... Like, I, I would be inspired and I would do that shit. Actually, I don't know if I would... I remember when I kept rolling my ankle at one point and I was out of the gym for like three months. I thought, okay, that's fine. As long as I can walk, I'll just go to the gym still and work my upper body. Yeah. But I was so fucking upset by the fact that I had troubles walking that I didn't go to the gym during that time. Um, <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't be. <laughs> no, I think I, like when I, when I dislocated my shoulder, I think the cask, the, what a sling came off, I think within a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was already in the gym by then. Like I, I wore my sling in the gym, and I just did like other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I think I'm highly adaptable for those type of things. It depends for sure for me. It's like when I when I broke my finger, I still went to the gym when I right when I could. I just bought hook attachments and things so that I didn't need to rely on my grip. But that's just one finger. But that's just one finger. Yeah. That's what I'm if it was a whole ass limb, you have nubs. I don't know. Had nubs, then uh. If I had nubs, like my arms were gone, oh, I would be this. I had, the, I'd have the most ripped legs. <laughs> I'd just go ham on training that. You'd all have the time. to ask you to put the plates on. Oh my god, wipe your seat. I'd figure shit out. I'd figure you something out. Use your toes as to. your hands. I would not be that person. I would uh, just ch- chopsticks with your toes. Easy guys, if you can't give me arms to replicate my own arms, then I'm just, I'm just go fuck off, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm too um, optimistic. I'll figure something out, I think. I'd, be, I'd become a kickboxer. Wow. I don't need my hit Manly. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally hit Manly. Yeah. <laughs> Feels bad. Uh, I guess we talked about crisis situation, but no, this is good talk about adaptation and how people adapt different ways. I think there's so... Uh, at first, when I talked about this, I didn't realize how much you can talk about yeah. adaptation and stuff and how to adapt to stuff different ways you can change to your environment what's worth it what's not yeah and, and different aspects of your life this applies to yeah. like it's not just as simple as uh like physically adapting to stuff it, like it gets pretty deep into some other stuff uh-huh. like I was, how much you adapt to different yeah any situation really yeah but you value more yeah yeah 
And I think I think we're on the right track. Like I'm not sure if these are the golden rules, but I think it's those three things for sure. I think is so the too. minimum like desire, ego, and uh, discipline. Discipline. I think that's required for adaptation. But like sometimes it's very easy to adapt uh, if the desire is strong enough. Like if one of the three is so strong, I feel like it could. I mean, I, I, I it's, it's, it's mostly desire, I guess. But I mean, if you have no desire to do something, but your discipline is insane, you could adapt to something else. Right? For sure, that's like the gym. Yeah, you don't always feel like going to the yeah. gym. Yeah, but yeah, and you might be egotistic as fuck, but your discipline's just there, and you just adapt. Right? Yeah. So it, it could be one of the three just sways you into getting that shit done too. I think so. Yeah, I think having the three is like what helps the most, but. Maybe like at times for desire, like if I have zero discipline, but my desire for this thing is just so great, uh, I'd work day and night for it. But I guess that creates the discipline, right? Yeah, eventually, yeah, right? Yeah. So that is true. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, us adapting. Well, hopefully we adapt to everything, or don't adapt to certain things. Whatever yeah. you guys want to adapt Hope to, find a happy medium. Yeah, happy balance of adaptation. Whatever you, I'm pretty sure when people think about this, if I titled this adaptation, they're gonna think about like fucking chameleons Diversity. turning <laughs> fucking white when they're on the wall or something. The fucking butterflies and <laughs> the smoke. Yeah, or some shit like that. But I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. If you talk, if you told me Birds the podcast, on Island. yeah, if you told me the podcast about adaptation, I wouldn't think right away about all the stuff we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool, pretty interesting. Million choices in life, guys. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.